Ooh, and welcome to the Old Man Orange Podcast. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. And I'm Ryan Zonigo. And we're coming at you with a little bit of a pre-Batman, which comes out next week. We're just going to get in that Batman mood with some Catwoman books, you know, because it all ties in. Well, she's in the movie, That's and as I mean. it turns out, Riddler's in this book. He's in the movie. No Penguin, no Penguin, but, you know, he is what it is. He can't, can't have them yeah. all. I mean, there's, I mean, not Penguin, but, you know, there's a Mr. Freeze gun at some point in here. I mean... If we didn't have... I'll say this. If we didn't already cover Long Halloween in more than one way, we probably would be covering that for the... Because when we, we did the Long Halloween movie, we more or less also covered the Long Halloween book. So... If we didn't already cover that, we'd probably do on that. But still, in the Jeff Loeb himself uh, area. Well, this is also one too. This Catwoman uh, Win in Rome book was. This has always been like the third one to you know Batman Dark Victory and Long Halloween, and one of those ones that I, I you know I've just seen for like ever sitting there like on the shelves and whatnot. It was one of those things that's like at some point got to pick it up and read it and so on like that. And then I bought it like a while back and then it just sat there in the old stack and whatnot. And it was like the second they're like, hey, we should do something Batman oriented, like. Oh, we wish to do that Catwoman book that's been like sitting there forever. And this will tie in perfectly. It's kind of alternative, but still gives us Batman. I mean, Batman still finds his way to, in, to find his boy, or himself in each issue here, too. Exactly. And on top of that, this is also one of those books I really regret not getting it when I did. Because for a long time, like anytime I went to a comic book store, whether it be like a Borders or an actual comic book store or whatever, this book was always sitting on the shelf. And it was like, it's Jeff Loeb, Tim Sale. And then, yeah, I'll, I'll get it eventually. I, I know it's going to be good. I know it's going to be good. And now it's like, if you're lucky, you can find it used for 50 bucks. And that, that, like, I, I wonder so now if that's... Because there was something... It was like a handful of months ago, plus, if not, I kept seeing all the comic books just started jumping up in price. And I was like, what the fuck? And it's like, I wasn't paying enough attention, but I was like, oh, I think it has to do if they they get them all printed over in China, and that's what's made the prices go up so high on so many of them, too, because there's not really any reprints coming out. Yeah, so now I've almost been kind of like going back and thinking like, what are the books I always wanted to get, but just haven't got around to reading? And then just been kind of making my list because yeah, a lot of them have been shooting up. I was talking about I was reading some of the um, uh, Brian uh, Brian Burns. I I keep I forgot his name. Um, whatever. Anyway, he did a lot of '80s Superman, and some of his books are like oh, used for twenty five bucks. Okay, cool. I'll, I'll bite. Used for four hundred dollars. Like <laughs> fuck. Okay, you know, and it's like really randomish, really random volumes. But yeah, um, regardless, you can still find all this stuff on Comixology and other downloadable sites like that. So um, I'm glad I, we fi- I finally had a chance to read this because I was like, oh, this isn't my favorite Batman crossover book or anything, but it was still a really fun one, you know? No, yeah, no, I, I thought it was really cool. It's just got like, it's just got one of those kind of fun stories with a little bit of humor, got the mystery, the intrigue, you know, it's Catwoman running around Rome and whatnot. And I, I actually like that the Riddler tags along with it. I feel like that right there makes for some great comedic moments and whatnot. Well, I think like stories like that, like this, um, where it's not Batman, it's, you know, it's Robin or it's Batgirl or Catwoman, whatever. I think you sometimes need, like, the presence of another Batman character there, or at least a DC character, just to remind you it's Batman. Because usually Catwoman, when she's not in Gotham, and the idea if she's in Rome, that's... I'm assuming it's all going to tie into Carmine Falcone, because of the Roman, but mm-hmm. um, just off the title. And it's Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. Yeah. But on top of that, it's also one of those things where I'm like, well, 
every so often, it, it's kind of like the feeling I get when I watch like Dark Knight Rises. I like the movie. It's a good movie. But at the same time, I kind of forget I'm watching a Batman movie because he's out of the suit majority of the movie. Mm-hmm. And then we cut back to Gotham City. And it's just like, well, I know that's Commissioner Gordon, but for it very well could just be Gary Oldman playing someone else. And no, like, I keep, for, you know, there's just those things that kind of make you forget you're watching a Batman movie. Where this, it's like, okay, well, since she has Catwoman there and there's all these other weird weapons that keep popping up from other Batman villains, it's just kind of that thing that little dash to remind you that yeah this is a batman story more or less yeah it, it's that weird thing that like i, I just think some uh, creators just don't understand that that you almost need that thing that refreshes like every five minutes that you, what you're watching it's kind of like you know this is what it is you know and if you kind of don't have those moments in there which a lot of like adaptations kind of that just goes over their shoulder and they just kind of space cadet on that but you have those moments, and it brings it really back to like, oh yeah, we, we know what we're doing now. It's not just doesn't look like just anything, you know? Because that's like Batman Rises. You take screenshots of that movie and post it up, and be like, they could be any movie. It doesn't it doesn't tell you it's a Batman movie, you know? Not until like certain scenes. Exactly. And um, this book, I mean, still is. I said it's a Batman. So it's a it's a Catwoman story, but Batman and Jason, of course. But um, it it was a really fun book, and it kind of gave me, you know, it seems to be more of like kind of a not so much an Ocean's Eleven kind of thing more of like a Carmen San Diego kind of thing mm-hmm. with like you know hints of like okay a little bit of the crime history because the whole it's a very simple story she's going to Rome to find a birth certificate to see where like see if the Roman was her father and she brings Riddler along to help her crack the case and she enlists the help of a um, Sicilian hitman she calls Blondie because blonde Sicilian hit blonde Sicilians are are a rarity so that's just kind of the way he stands out and you find out that oh he's the godfather he was the godson to Carmine Falcone (laughs) feels like if you want to refer to any of like if you want a a longer detailed version of the blonde Sicilian look at the Christopher Walken scene and um fucking a true romance (laughs) (laughs) little asterisks there (laughs) (laughs) That, that that's a yeah it's like one of those ones like parental advisory <laughs> yeah it is a tarantino movie keep that in mind you saw Django, right okay, yeah, okay get ready yeah. you're, you're ready <laughs> um but she keeps on having these visions like i guess that there's this thing where she's having these nightmares about batman keeps on having to save her basically and she doesn't she wants to live in a world where she doesn't have to be saved by batman she doesn't rely on anybody really yeah, which well, is all those ones like they start off kind of normal too, and then they just get progressively like worse and so on like that, and then it's almost even more, you know more worse by the time she wakes up because then she's always in like a bad situation waking up, you know, with this Batman like kind of nightmare dream things. I'll say this: I'm not like. Don't take this as me trying to, like, you know, like, on behalf of woman, you know, of woman rights or whatever. But I will say this did feel a little kind of like anime in the way like oh she fell out in her underwear oh like riddlers bumped in when she was taking a bath you know like gets kicked out the door like riddler all he needs is sometimes he's wearing glasses but if he does all he needs is a little like swirly the, the, the eye things in there. well you know what it really reminds an, me of the, always has is it reminds me of almost like in a sense like a 19 like 40s or 50s well not even say that 50s or 60s movie like it has that kind of feel like it's just kind of like uh a little bit of that kind of farce 
and comedy placed into it because you got in a sense the Riddler being just kind of like the bumbling guy. They make him out like he. It seems like he falls into like these you know perverted situations, but really he just kind of comes in at like the wrong time and just gets kind of caught there. Then it's just he gets like I love how he just gets the same boot out the door. It's like the the same shot, but it's just whatever outfit he's wearing at that time. Yeah, and sometimes it's out a window, sometimes it's out, like, it happens like three or four times. And yeah, I, I think there probably are more than anime, they, are, they probably are going more for like a, uh, a like, kind of, like, oh, maybe, like, like, almost like wrecking, a Marilyn Monroe not, not the wrecking, type kind of style. Yeah, maybe not the wrecking crew. Like, like a little bit of that, yeah, kind of like the, you know, it is meant to be kind of like a, a pulpy kind of story like a 1950s noari pulp slash heist kind of thing yeah and uh, i think that's what sort of makes it kind of fun and i i kind of like all that stuff there and it is catwoman so you do got to kind of expect that catwoman's always going to be kind of in sort of sexy scenes and so on like that i mean that's really like just like the character Mm -hmm. yeah more or less and it always is something kind of like she has a lot of like quick little like always kind of like being a little flirty more i forget the guy's real name i remember his blondie but more or less having a lot of those scenes and you know a lot of that kind of like qu- uh, clever like quick uh my girl friday type dialogue only more of a sinister kind of way in that way of like um when she mentions the blonde sicilian thing like do you dye your hair i hear they're the i, I hear you're the best uh hitman on, on this side of the city it's like no no you're not the best hitman no i don't dye my hair <laughs> it's like kind of quick things like that. Yeah, that's the this guy's just nice little, just like fun little witty humor just kind of throughout it. And I think that's what kind of keeps it is uh, just, you know, the pacing kind of going along well. And then you deep dive her into or you dive deeper into it. It's just that late time in the night, whatever. And then you start getting the more of like, okay, here's the mystery here. We're getting kind of here and we're seeing these characters. And then as it goes on, more kind of like regular DC characters start coming out of the woodworks and whatnot, and you start going, oh, what the hell's going on here? First, it's just like they're fighting the, the mafia-type characters of Batman, and then all of a sudden you get things like Cheetah starts up here and Mr. Freeze's guns being used by some henchman kind of guy. Well, it's also she is framed for the death of a um, of an old-time gangster, of an old-time mafia hit, head um can't talk right. I can't talk right now either. Uh, she's she gets she gets framed for the murder of an old Don, who would have had all the answers, but dies due to Joker venom before she has a chance to get those answers. So now she's trying to stay one step ahead. And there is a little bit of this thing of like I mean, at some point, I mean, they kind of piece it together, but they don't really say it. There's a little bit of this thing of like you're friends with Catwoman. Yeah, I'm friends with Catwoman. Oh, by the way, I gotta go to the bathroom. One second. Where's the bathroom? <laughs> oh, here comes Catwoman! That, that happens, like, once or twice. And, and like, I nobody seems like, to notice. I... Yeah, everyone, everyone's supposed to be... They, they want us to believe everyone's a little too smart to pick up on that. But it's just like, how do you not pick up on that? But near the end, there's a, there is a scene where she's like, fuck it, my costume's already soaking wet. Just rips the mask off. Yeah, it's me. You, I kind of figured... You, you, he's like, I, I guessed it might have been you, but I wasn't sure. One of those kind <laughs> the of guy just there, it's just the biggest shock expression. Like, what? No! 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 That can't be right! No! <laughs> How's it? How? 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 It just <laughs> like a mental breakdown. <laughs> Like, well, blows his I'll, brains I'll, out right there. I'll, I'll, I'll put the mask back on. No, you can't put it back on now. It's all gone. It's over. Because <laughs> that whole time, that dude is like chill as hell. But then that happens. I do like the scene though. It's kind of the the, di- the dynamic of it is like a little bit of like there is a little bit of that will they won't they with her and Blondie 
mm-hmm. and then Riddler's there, just more or less jerking off in the corner. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it is just kind of like the total, the you know, super hot chick, super hot ripped dude. I'm like, oh, I'm good with riddles. Question. Like, no, no fucking questions. Get the fuck out. Well, well really, because like the the way that Tim Sale draws the Riddler is like the most like nerdy, like dorky version you could possibly have of him. He's like all of like four foot tall. He got the big old long nose. He's just always wearing goofy pants, dresses like it's like 40 years ago. It is kind of like a point Dexter from like the 1940s or 50s as opposed to like now I feel like he comes across as um, with I mean, it depends on the decade and who's writing him, of course, but yeah. I feel now, majority of the time, in the movie, he's obviously meant to be kind of like a, the upcoming movie is meant to be like a, a Jeffrey Dahmer, Zodiac killer type, where, just going off the trailer, where in like a lot of modern iterations, he's meant to be, he looks like more of like, okay, he's like a tech guy who's good at riddles and this and that, and he feels underpaid, undervalued, so he wants to take it on the world. Where this is just seems like a guy, like a mathematician or like, <laughs> or something like that who got fired. And he's like, oh, I'll show you all. Wait, just wait, you see. But there's this one scene that's just like, it's like, I, I, it's meant to be funny in some way. It kind of goes back to what we were talking about. Like, same panel of him always falling. When she, because her, her luggage, a, a quick small line, her luggage got misplaced uh, at the airport or whatever. And it's like, oh, I'll show up in a few days. And he's just like, worst case scenario, someone finds it and they think it's the pa- it's the luggage of a dominatrix or something. Worst case scenario. <laughs> yeah, they open and then, it up and go, what the hell is this? <laughs> and she walks in on, like, for, she walks in on the Riddler like all you need is him to make it just a little bit more creepy as he's like sitting there singing I'm your private dancer a dancer for money <laughs> or even like turn off Tina Turner what the fuck are you doing in my what the fuck are you doing in my costume it doesn't even fit him like it's like she is like so much taller than him so he's just like this little shrimpy guy and this looks like she he's wearing his mom's clothing yeah, well, yeah, he's in there just fucking dancing. Or, I mean, like, it even mentions this line later in there, too, but he almost could be singing What's New Pussycat, because that even seems like his type of Uh-oh. tunes. That probably would be. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just that way she gets to, like, what the fuck are you doing wearing my outfit? Mm-hmm. And that's where you get the, the the same, like, boot, where it's just like, boop, and it just gets yeah. kicked out the door. <laughs> Always the same position, just different costume, more or less. <laughs> But that's almost even the scene too. It's like I mean that if this was like another book too, he would be in that. He'd be like fucking jerking himself off, looking in the mirror with that suit on. <laughs> I can be one too. Look upon me, <laughs> Ed. Get the fuck out. Yeah, I don't think we're gonna see this rendition of him in the movie. I mean, I give him credit. I, I, I almost, I'll, I'll say this: I would almost enjoy this version more than probably. I mean, not saying that the, whatever the movie's going to have is not going to be interesting and so on, but you know, because nowadays they, they got to sort of do the thing where they always make the characters sort of more suave and sexy and so on. It's like there's something to be said about when you just have the characters who just looks like the fuck ups. Yeah, true, true. Um, well, there is something just it's just that duality of just kind of like this guy. I mean, if Batman and Blondie were in the same room. Selena's going Batman. Yeah. Always Batman. That being said, she might hang on this guy's arm to piss him off and to make him think he has competition. We all know Batman could smack this guy around. That guy, this guy might get him one or two shots. Yeah. But not, not he's that. not Batman. Yeah, Batman can eat. Just because he thinks he can't miss, he misses Batman when Batman comes around. Batman exactly. don't take bullets. All he needs is ten. Like he's like, oh, you don't miss shot. Oh, I got, I got ten fingers. All I need is ten shots. This, 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 this metaphor is working better in my mind. Now I'm saying out loud, it's kind of backfiring. My bad. 
But it's like, shot. All right, fuck you, bam. <laughs> Problem solved. There we go. <laughs> but it's like one of those ones. Like I, I would like to see more of this like Riddler Catwoman dynamic in more stories because it's just I don't know what it is. Just the idea of them kind of put together in the same situation just adds for just, just the simp, just just the simp relationship essentially. <laughs> well, yeah, like, well, it's like maybe... it's like the ultimate like used friend zone type. The way you know it's a friend. It's like more like you can't ask for a guy. It's like a guy he knows he's being overly used. There's nothing you can get out of it, but there's just that weird kind of like dumb and dumber. So you're saying there's a chance kind of thing in there. <laughs> like, like that's what it almost sort of feels like for the Riddler. Well, as it goes on, we're like, oh, okay, that's why. But at the same time, yeah, there is that whole thing. And he, I'm glad he's there just to remind, because when opening that up, I wasn't expecting to see him there. So it's like, okay, okay. And they always have one of these moments where... <laughs> she has one of her Batman nightmares, and of course she's sleeping naked, and of course Blondie walks in, and she gets a knife at his throat or something to that effect. I'm like, oh, wait, and then Riddler comes in, like, the place is on fire, I blow the place is on fire! And they jump out, and of course she's the only one not clothed, and, you know, so it has that kind of like that, I can almost see that being kind of like, not 007, but something to that effect. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, because it just has that old school kind of, and I call this the old school sexy kind of style, which doesn't really mm-hmm. exist, at least in American culture anymore, because that's almost like, you can't even have sexy male anymore, too. It's like, it's sexy's just gone in general. That's why even, like, Japan, like, pulls their stuff. They're like, you know what? No, th- this is not going to be an international. America's not ready for <laughs> it. <laughs> it's like, well, I feel it's like Dead or Alive at, like, Beach Volleyball 3. They're like, no, the Americans can't handle that anymore. <laughs> Like we don't need we don't need we to get tried a bunch of selling like, it to them. We even put Aerosmith in there and everything like that. But uh, no, no, <laughs> we learned the Americans can't handle it. Yeah, well, it's, it's, a, it's going it's going back to the fatherland. What? Yeah, you heard us. <laughs> <laughs> they won't take Wolfenstein, but they'll take this. <laughs> oh, that fatherland? No, no, we're saying we're Japan. We're claiming Japan is this is where everybody comes from. But but that's not true. Who's you to say that? <laughs> just go along with it otherwise we won't get any more switches yeah okay no we feel you yeah. yeah, okay yeah but um it, uh, just, it, it just sort of has that kind of like old-fashioned feel but i just think i think that sort of adds for sort of the comedy though it's, it's more like that's what it reminds me of as i said it reminds me of like sort of like when you watch like a marilyn monroe movie and that's mostly how it is it's just there's like guys bumbling around her and except for you know selena's a, mostly a little bit more because those marilyn monroe ones are always kind of like she almost doesn't know what everybody's trying to get after mm-hmm Oh me! Yeah, where I, I know it's a throwback, and I'm by no means like, how dare they put this in a book? You know, it's like, like everybody I needs to be fully clothed, man, woman, child, animal. If I see Yogi Bear strutting around with just a tie on, I am going to call the authorities. Yogi, put that cock away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this right here! <laughs> you open up your big fucking mouth, and I'll put it right in there. Come on, boo! <laughs> Yogi Bear is played by Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if um, Ranger's going like this. Shut the fuck up about the Ranger there, boo-boo. You bring the fucking Ranger into this fucking mess again. Oh, I'm going to fucking wring your fucking neck right here. I don't give a fuck if you're my relative. <laughs> <laughs> um... The, I mean, I, I got a, I got a feeling this comic is also kind of meant to be, aside from taking place in Rome, kind of pulling inspiration from, 
I don't really know if Italy has like a uh, Italian comic scene. I know it has a big French comic scene though. So in uh, in Europe, so I can see it possibly pulling from kind of that a little bit. Well, it says in the very beginning that uh, Tim Sale like <clears throat> took the art kind of design for this one from uh, some Italian artist called Rene Grau or whatever you pronounce that. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, okay. but that's what it said in the very beginning of the book. And I was like, oh okay. I'm, I'm assuming well, that's probably not a comic book art. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe. I'll, I'll say, flipping through this, I mean, if anything, whenever you get, like, not just a Jeff Loeb, Tim Sale book, I just think they work amazing together. I mean, not everything they make is as, like, top-tier level. I mean, Haunted Night is still a fun book. I mm-hmm. still enjoy Haunted Night, but it's not um, Long Halloween. It's not Spider-Man Blue. It's not Daredevil Yellow. Not Dark Victory. Um, yeah, not Dark Victory either. Or Superman of all seasons. But whenever they work together, it's really good. But Tim Sale, I feel like anything he works on, it's worth owning just because his artwork is so good. He's like one of my favorite artists and he stands out. He's it's kind of like Darwin Cook sort of, you know. Yeah. I know that I know they probably get when well, Darwin Cook's passed unfortunately, but I know they probably would have got tired of hearing them both compare together all the time cuz they both have a little bit of this retro style, but Darwin Cook seems to have a little bit of that like throwback Silver Age kind of thing going on. Mm-hmm. And Tim Cook has a little bit of that, but his characters seem a little bit more angular and a little bit more, like a lot of the times, it's, I know it's not strictly his artwork, but a lot of times it has a lot of that watercolor what kind of look to it, which I think complements his art style very well. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's that thing that he has almost like the artsy kind of style, but like in a good way. And I think that's what I like about that. Same with Darwin Cook. Cause Darwin Cook's always one of those guys that like, if his name's just on a book, you buy it. You, you don't even question it. You just buy it because you know that if it, if anything, the artwork's already going to be probably amazing. But the nice thing is he's kind of like a Tarantino and he writes most of his stuff too. So you get like the double whammy that you know you're in for like a pretty solid experience no matter what. But it's like, t- same with Tim Sale, it's like the artwork there is just like, if worst case scenario, if let's just say the book wasn't even good, you would have tons of great artwork that you could look at. You know what I mean? If anything, that's what it is at the end of the day. And what I just always appreciate about it is the, each one of those guys has a very unique look. And I think that's kind of the cool part about it. It doesn't just have, like, we, we've referred to it before on the show, but it's like, when you get the kind of books, I always call them the generic comic book art. And there's nothing technically wrong, but it does just have that look like you just went to school, you learned from the robot ways, you you know, you had, like, literally, like, this this is the Marvel way. If you go any way outside the Marvel way, by fucking God, you ain't working here anymore. You know. Careful, head, heads down, here comes Stan. Yeah. It, ah, so what's going on here? Who's going to get smacked in the fucking face? Oh, oh, look at that. He he started to paint his books. That's fucking cute. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you true believer? I was just trying something different. You don't fuck. What's it say on the fucking book? Draw the fucking Marvel way. That book's from like 1976. Go shut your fucking mouth. So you look like a true believer. Do you believe you can fly? He says, like, backing him up to a window. Stan, no, no! Fly, true believer, fly! <laughs> Boy, let this be a lesson to the rest right of you. At the Marvel place is getting really out of hand. <laughs> but it's that thing where it's, it's like, like a sweatshop factory over there. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's those kind of books that, like, they're mostly always, like, I always feel it's it's like the third rung Batman book. Like, not the ones where, like, the main books, and they're not the ones like this Catwoman book that would be, like, the kind of, like, 
the artistic spin-off kind of ones, I guess you'd almost or like not really spin-offs. That's probably not the right word, but you know what I mean. It's kind of like these, like the the, the short story kind of one-offs that you can kind of they, they grab good artists and writers to say do whatever the fuck you want. It's more when you get that like second, third tier books where they feel like no, 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 well, you have to have the same art as everybody else because we, we want people to open it up and know what they're they're, they're getting that. And as I said, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just it feels like it's missing like that Tim Sale look or the darwin cook look where it's just like oh okay this this is something unique this is personal i can feel it yeah because there is some of those but i feel like a lot of those books that you're mentioning right now um maybe if i look back at an 80s or 90s book i have more appreciation for it because i didn't really grow up reading a lot of those i mean I, I i read a lot of i have read a lot of them now but i mean i didn't really get into comics till like 2005 really so retroactively going back um i guess it kind of just feels like oh yeah it's very 80s very 90s that's cool but there are those ones when i jumped on like around 2004 to 2007 where if it wasn't like you know bring around a you know um uh jeff lobigan if it wasn't something like hush or um even like Oh, that's, that's the only big one I can think of around that time that this example I want to make look at art wise because you have someone like Jim Lee but then you, but then it would have a lot of this art style like City of Crime kind of even has like the artwork is I don't remember who the artist is the artwork is better than anything I can do or ever will do mm-hmm. but it's almost too like it just looks like it just looks really it, it's really detailed but almost seems to kind of just blend in with like everything else around that time. You know what I mean? Like, the artwork looks great. Everything about it looks great, but it just, it doesn't really stand out. It doesn't really pop. Yeah, it, 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 it feels like it's sort of lifeless. And, that, and that's the thing, is then you can Too have... grounded. A, then you can have a, someone who actually, it, like, is technically not nearly as good of an artist, but they have more of a unique style. And then it makes those books, like, pop even more. That's why, like, you know, you'll see certain kind of, like... Uh, like it's, it's almost like the Scott Pilgrim because that's around the same time period. You see that book, and technically, any of those guys that probably had the generic comic book artwork have more skill than Brian Lee O'Malley. But Brian, Brian Lee O'Malley has his doesn't look like somebody else's, and I think that's a lot of times what stands out in art. And I think that's the kind of the cool thing about art is that all those things kind of, as long as so you can tell what the hell's going on in the story, and you got your own kind of style, you can kind of do whatever you want. You know, you could have sketchy artwork, you could have pure perfect artwork, you could have painted artwork, you can just have simplistic artwork, you could have stick figures if it works out. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's all there and it kind of works, and I think that's what's kind of cool about it. But yeah, I always kind of feel bad for the guys that they get kind of probably stuck. Because, you know, who knows? Maybe those guys on like the, the kind of the. I always feel like it's like the Batman Eternal books. I think those ones kind of all had it's like they just kind of had that like also they were coming out like every week so there's probably a reason for that but <laughs> like okay if we give this to a Jim Lee it's going to look amazing but it might take a minute cuz it's Jim Lee. So let's just get the guys who are really efficient know how to get this shit out there. It could be something to that effect. Um, yeah. and like once that's again those guys it's probably all the go- Oh go ahead. Oh, yeah, I think it just ran us over. I was just saying, those are probably all the guys where I just feel like they're, they're all the guys that probably just came straight out of school and they kind of have been brainwashed into, like, one style. And, you know, it's once again, not saying it's the way. I feel like it's like one's like, we're like, it's so, we're like slapping the guy with a compliment and then backhanding him with, like, a, you know, an insult. Well, for all I know, and keep in mind, the, the book I mentioned, because I'm just, I just started, like, City of Crime. It's one of those books that, like, um, I, 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 just started it and it came out it's like the book that takes place after i think under the red hood or right before the red hood so and it has so it's for all i know his art style could have changed between here and there but even that book though like once again better than anything i can do but at the exact same time it just looks a little too kind of 
grounded for me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, yeah. It, it's like that's almost the thing nowadays for me when I pick up a book and I look at the artwork. It's almost like if I, I need something that looks special and it looks unique. I want that kind of feel in it. There, there's so many books out there. And I was again not saying that they can't be and then can't say the story is not good. And I'm not saying that there isn't. But like it's it's like in a sense like the Hawkeye books, um, the Matt Fraction ones with uh, – God, who's the guy drawing him on there? Um, I forgot his name, but yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. How it has, it has a little bit of that 1980s kind of like I, I forget the name of the David Mazzucchelli, the, the guy who did. It, it reminds me of Batman Year One, the art style. Yeah, I but, know that there's more to it than that, but yeah. And I just like because it, it's kind of simplistic and kind of sketchy, and it's really yeah, it's not like, but it, it, it almost works better because of that. Like I don't know, I, I feel like that's the cool part, but. um Going back to Catwoman here, when in Rome and so, so they on. jump out of the pool, and they, they, they jump into the pool because the place is on fire, so they jump out of the pool. They jump into a pool, and um, then they're like, meanwhile, they're like, you know, they just decide, let's go on a boat now, even though someone just tried to light our thing on fire, and, she, and Catwoman's sunbathing, and Riddler's like, oh, oh God, oh, oh, lady sunbathing, what am I going to do? All of a sudden, another like, God damn it, here comes a fucking sniper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just like Hello Riddler's like, oh, I'm just sweating here, bullets. And so I love that he, he's just positioned and like, it's like, okay, like obviously Selena just wants to just dick with him. Oh, yeah, I think she gets off on just like, you want this, you can't have it. I think she just gets <laughs> off on that, really. And then um, the uh, um, Blondie takes, like, knocks out a sniper before he has a chance to take out Selena. Then Selena disappears, and then, oh, look, here's oh, Catwoman. By the way, hey, there's Catwoman. What happened to Selena? I don't know. Oh, well, Catwoman's here. Yeah. Don't mind me. I'm just going to go inside. Someone tried to shoot me. No big deal, you know. And then I'm, I'm surprised because she's just soaking wet. I got to imagine, like, not the actual, not what they actually call it, not, not, not what they refer to it in the media, but I guarantee, like, Wet pussy page. Wet pussy page. Because she is like Catwoman, full on just pouring, soaking wet. Just ridiculous. There's no well, way. And now that you're making it, it's like, okay, I, I didn't yeah. notice this the first time I was reading it through, but there's like a waterfall just coming right from the dead center there. Yeah, so I'm pretty I, sure between between Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale, like, wet pussy page. Yeah, like fist pump. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was like. Okay, now, now she's got to fight just so she can get dragged off. And this is where they she fights some ugly-looking fuck with a scar, who I think may have been the son of the guy who got killed or had some kind of relation to him, the, the old Don. And he has the Mr. Freeze gun. And um, Did they ever really explain where he got that Freeze gun from? I they mean, do at the end, more or less. Okay. Um, I, I thought to that some was a extent. passing, but it was like almost like one of those ones, like, what, was Mr. Freeze just fucking asleep it's... one day? He wakes up, no, no, who took the gun? I, who got up here? It is kind of a passing lightly. Like, they don't actually go into how, but they, they pre- when they present the thing, when they present how it's there, when they present, like, who got it there, it's like, oh. Well, I mean, he didn't say how he got the gun, but all right, whatever. Um, then, then it cuts to later, like, they um once again showing why edward edward enigma's there for a reason he like painted certain bullseyes around the ice on catwoman telling the blonde guy to shoot here here and here and that should sufficiently cause the ice to crack and her to be okay all right move before i fucking shoot you like okay i'm just trying to fucking help okay i love how blondie the whole time just like he's like hey selena can i shoot the fucking nerd (laughs) (laughs) 
to see a nerd, I get an itchy trigger finger. I caught him reading Archie comics in the bathroom earlier. Well, that's what you wish. You wish you had a blonde and a brunette fighting over you, huh? Huh? You didn't fucking even know which one to Joe for. Which one are you going for? I bet you're going for Jughead, aren't you, motherfucker? And he fucking was. That fucking Jughead. And then after that, of course, Selena gets, like, you know, um, hypothermia and whatnot, and then she goes back to her, like, Batman dreams of Batman fucking being, like, the bat surgeon. <laughs> yeah, and then a little bit of, like, a some a small moment, you know, grabs Riddler by the neck as he's, like, creeping over her or whatever, and he's just like, I just want to tell you, we're here, we're there, I don't know, something to that effect. And then, like... And then like goes and has a like well, somebody else walks in. Hey, it's been fucking eight hours. Have you told her yet that we're here? Yeah. I think that's the well, one then, he's like he's like, Well, you know, you you had hypothermia and uh you know, uh, the old Riddler here saved your life, so uh, you know, it's just my, you know, kind of a little bonus for me just to take off the catwoman suit. <laughs> That's what it was. They go. They they just they make him justifiably get punched in the face because he is a little bit of a creep. He will acknowledge it every so often. They're like yeah, I get you know, especially this this picture of him like gritting his teeth and. Kind of. I really do want the version now where it's like the manga version. Where he's got the fucking spinny eyeglasses on, and then just have it be even more over the top when he gets hit. Oh yeah. <laughs> You know, constantly having a nosebleed or whatever. And this is where Blondie and um, and Selena have a little another of a conversation of kind of like, oh, so you're good with guns, oh, this and that. And she's kind of like toying with him too, in a sense. Like she thinks he's cute and it's a maybe with him, you know, but at the same time kind of saving herself for Batman. Like, ah, oh, could be a fun night or two with him. You know, that's kind of what she's playing around with. But they're also just weighing in her options. And that's where I think... After I don't remember where they say this, but they're they're going to um, I believe the Vatican to steal some some special ring that is hidden inside of a base of a statue, which I know is an important statue. I've seen it, but I forget what it's called. And um, that's where Cheetah comes in and starts fucking shit up. Yeah, it's just kind of like one of those ones where you're like, oh shit, it fucking. I mean, it, it makes sense, you know what I mean? But it's one of those ones where you're like, oh, I, I don't know, for some reason that one got. I was like, oh shit, they, they have other characters in here than just Batman ones. Because I felt like it's like. Because in Dark Victory and uh, uh, Long Halloween, that's just like strictly Batman, Batman. Because that I one almost. Cheetah, though. Because I, I was going to say, because those ones almost have that feeling that, like. And I, I almost feel like they're sort of designed that way so that, like anybody can kind of jump into those books and not be like oh what the fuck there's so many characters going on because you know a lot of times I'll say like Cheetah's one of those ones that if it was like this is like your third comic book reading that might throw you off be like oh that's a weird, I don't understand who this character is where they come from it's like oh, it's a Wonder Woman character like what Wonder Woman oh it's more to explain <laughs> I feel like majority of people can kind of get on board regardless but at the same time when she says Wonder Woman like oh that's th I thought Wonder Woman is Marvel or some shit you know if it's someone's very first time they haven't kept yeah, up with if, it if it was like way back in the day is what I'm saying but no, no, I get you. And this, that whole thing with, uh, I mean, it makes sense. I'll be honest. That's a, that's a matchup I never really thought of. Yeah, but that's what I mean. It is kind, of, it is kind of like it makes sense though because it's like a literal cat woman <laughs> versus cat woman who's cosplaying as a cat. So it makes sense, really. I never, I can't, I can't believe I never thought of that matchup beforehand. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, I know that it's probably happened before, but it's just one of those ones. It just seemed like, oh, that's kind of a perfect one. But, of course, she's got some type of, like, you know, toxic venom that makes uh, Catwoman have another hallucinogen dream. This one's kind of a cool one, the way that it's sort of painted, because it's got that almost, like, high saturation look to it. And, of course, Batman's always, cause Batman's always in it, because, let's be honest, you ain't going to be able to sell the book unless Batman's in it. Well, it also, it's kind of a redone, a retelling of a scene from Batman Year One, when she, um, when Batman's going in to go against Carmine Falcone and a couple of his goons at, like, the bathhouse or something. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then, and then she comes and, like, fucks it up because she has her own vendetta or her own thing, and Batman's like, great, John, you just ruined three months' worth of investigation. It just bounces out of there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's almost that thing, because that's why all these these dreams are all kind of like, oh, I'm fucking it up all the time, and so on like that. Like, you know what I mean? She's just like, yeah, you, yeah, you are, Selena. You're always fucking it up. The Batman don't fuck it up. Batman had this plan for, you know, ages, and just, it just takes one fuck up to mess it all up, you know, I'm just saying. For Joker, it takes one bad day. For Batman, it just takes one fuck up. <laughs> now, going back to the Batcomputer, Alfred, reheat the lobster. <laughs> Then they go to the Coliseum, and that's where, you know, like... They get the Bruce um, Lee fight with Chuck Bruce Norris. Lee fight, which I'll say this. I'm not trying to be like, I am so well-traveled. But after going to Rome and, like, and going to the Coliseum, I, I knew it was going to be a little bit more streamlined and want to be like, go wherever you want, kids. But at the same time, like, movies and shows and things, really, it's way more like narrowed in on places you can and can't not not as much of it is there as you think and a lot of it's behind glass and shit so when i see this i'm like it's more visually interesting it's a different universe so i get up another part of me is like that shit's all behind fucking glass that's all like there's no way you you know what i mean but it's one of those things like i get it it's visually interesting you know yeah, exactly. You know, well, that's even like in Bruce Lee fine Chuck Bruce Norris. Lee. It's like you could just tell that someone just took a sn- a picture of fucking like the Coliseum and just like, okay, we're gonna put this in the background here, make our own set, and here we go. A lot of the floor where they were fighting, it's all like gone now because they had the floor, and then there's all like the catacombs and like mm-hmm. tunnels underneath, and that's all base. The top part's all basically gone now. So it was also one of those things of like watching. I was like, wow. Bruce Lee pretend fight it here. He didn't really fight here, but it's in the scene of the movie. So that was the thing, like, oh, oh, there's this stupid fucking glass case with fucking swords in it, ruining the fucking Bruce Lee-ness of it all. There's a fucking, there's a fucking, like, you know, some potted, like, a glass case of fucking pots and pans and bullshit. How much do you think that this probably would piss off the old Italians is if you put a fucking, like, wax dummies of, like, Bruce Lee and Bruce Chuck Lee Norris. And Chuck. <laughs> like, in one... Se- so you're going by, and you're seeing all this, like, 2,000-year-old ancient shit, and then all of a sudden, behind glass, even with, like, fucking even more security for some reason, there's, there's just, like, a cool shot of, like, Bruce Lee and Chuck Norris, like, in fighting stance. Well, I'll say this. Sidebar for just a second on that. Um, I think what probably happened... I didn't look into it, because... We, we already we covered it like a few years ago but I could have seen them like alright it's gonna be great we're gonna film this awesome fight scene right in the fucking like coliseum they get there like oh man there's guards and shit and then they're like ooh this is gonna be a little harder than we thought 
Oh, at least you got a, we got a tour of the museum, guys. All right, now, we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll just do this on a set. Take a, take a picture. Save, get well, wide picture. We'll, we'll save it for later. All right, we'll just do this shit on a set when we get back home. Okay, Chuck, you're coming to China, yeah. you know? And then like, and then like, uh, I could just totally see that. Like, like, let's do this now. No one's looking. No, we can't do it now. Well, that's how I feel because there, there is a couple shots they have where they're sort of running back and forth, and it just reminds me like, Bruce, you brought the 16 millimeter camera in your pocket, right? No, 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 go, 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 go. Just stealing some shots. Shit, you're wearing the wrong shirt. What the fuck? Do one more time, one more time. <laughs> I could see it being kind of like that. If there was a wax Bruce Lee and wax Chuck Norris there, well, first off, they'd probably fucking melt in that fucking heat. That's Secondly, true. they'd prob. I would still be like. There'd be, like, probably... Because I didn't take a lot of pictures because I just don't want to be that guy taking 800 pictures while we're there. There'd yeah. be a couple pictures of that, though. There definitely would be a few of those. Exactly. Well, it's that kind of... It's that thing where I feel like... It's that old person way that I feel like... It's, like, it's when I go places. Like, as a person who operates a camera all the time, when it gets to, like, stuff like that, I feel like, no, no, no you don't take pictures when you go to those kind of things. Take it in. Set. Breathe it Yeah, in. You, you take it. You, you, you take the picture in your mind. Like, you do one of those old person things. But I feel like that's, that's more of the experiences. It's your experience. It's not somebody else's. But mm-hmm. if there was a fucking Bruce Lee... Chuck Norris, that changes everything. Gotta break protocol. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, there's those exceptional things. That's one of them. Um, but, I, right as she's, like, fighting Cheetah for a second, that's where we see her in the crosshairs. She starts choking Cheetah out with her own tail. And then that's where Blondie comes and shoots. Like, oh, my God, he killed fucking Cheetah? Like, <laughs> tranquilized too. her. Was like, oh, then he okay. tranquilized her in the ass. And then, um, <laughs> and then, like, she got up and ran away. And then it's just, like... Last time I don't. Last time I ever used a tranquilizer. <laughs> I know. It's almost like a Clint Eastwood line right there. Kind of very, yeah. <laughs> and that's where he points the gun to Catwoman and, and says, "Like, who are you really?" It's like, really, motherfucker. I mean, I, I'll be honest. That line right there. I'm like, I thought he knew by now. I thought they're just playing yeah. kind of coy. I'm like, oh, really? You don't know yet? <laughs> yeah. It's was well, that weird because it's like. He's just like kind of pissy because you know obviously she killed or she's you know known to have killed one of uh, the family members and so on. But he doesn't realize that the two are together. That's mostly it's like you ever wonder that uh, this random girl who's interested in like solving mysteries and Catwoman both happen to show up at Rome at the same time. <laughs> and they know each other too. And they know each other and weird? they're friends with the fucking Riddler. I mean, I guess the Riddler hasn't put the suit on yet, but still. I mean, I'll say this at least. Well, they say that like you can't have to like he has to leave. He had to leave his Riddler gear at home, otherwise people get quest- questioning it. There's two people from Gotham running around. But at the same time, like, well, he, maybe he's not walking around totally in the green question mark suit, but he's always walking around in green with the bowler cap. So, you know, it's not he's not doing the best job of blending in. <laughs> yeah, he, Once in a while, he, he literally looks like Riddler mark. in a movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, like, once again, we kind of have a scene where she's, you know, because she got stabbed by Cheat at some point. She's back in, I think, the, the boat or the yacht, wherever they're at, her hotel room. Yeah, the yacht. And she's in her lingerie, putting on, like, you know, patching herself up. And then Batman appears again. And then just, like, surprise! Surprise! It's, it's fucking Riddler, actually. <laughs> that, like, that reminds me, like, that picture. There's, like, a picture. It's, it's a full-on splash page of fucking, like, like almost, like... Uh, Catwoman doing like the sexy kiss to like Riddler. And of course, he's standing on like a fucking like luggage box, you know, to make it so he's at the right height. <laughs> that to me just feels like the, the, that. That is literally that. It's like, okay, Jeff Lowe put in there. Okay, for all you fucking nerds reading comics, here, here's your here's moment. you. This is you. Here's the reader. <laughs> and Marvel, they got they got Peter Parker. <laughs> at DC, you're Edward Digma. 
<laughs> and then I guess gets the and then Shit, like, I wrote know. commando. <laughs> <laughs> then he gets the boot out the fucking uh, then like then she realizes it's Riddler and one of those fucking love Hina things like ew not you you know and then like, fucking gives him the boot out the fuck the same pose only more uh, right out the right out the fuck into the water and that's where you know um comes in re- revealing that like oh she was given toxins in, in the nails of cheetah where there was toxins that were making making her hallucinate shit so that's why she thought he was batman yeah exactly so like well and it's like it sounds like that like as this goes on i think it's a little bit farther on but explain something that like the dreams and everything are all coming from all this you know uh toxins that she's getting that she's been getting micro dose the whole time yeah exactly so it makes the riddler seem even creepier when once you figure out that he's been microdosing her basically yeah, spoilers yeah basically <laughs> roofing her and with 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 scarecrow fear toxin and then i believe that's where she goes over to like the guy who had the freeze gun it's like motherfucker what do you i don't remember what happens i think she gets information about like her mother being a nun and I think that's where she goes next. I believe that's what happens in this scene, like because he has he had the scare, he had the freeze gun, and there's other shit going on with that. I believe. Yeah, well, because then she goes to like that church, and it has just there's like a scene just minds like one of those ones like someone's like I just want to see Catwoman ride a fucking giant horse. We're like, what? Well, why would she ride a horse? I mean, there's cars and sh- planes and shit. Be like, I don't know. It looks cool though. And you're like, oh yeah, no, that looks pretty cool. It's like, uh, a, it's like a heavy right, metal Tim. cover right there. It kind of does. Yeah, it, it does. And then uh, she gets in there, and it's nuns some kindly guns. old nuns with guns. Yeah. Well, when she gets in there, it's just like I'm blind, but let me feel your face. Like I only had a child once, and I'm a kindly old nun. <laughs> yes, sorry, my child. Fuck off. Like, all right, bye. You know. <laughs> they mop up on the way out. You fucking whore. And then we see that like there is this thing where something I appreciate about the book is when they speak Italian to each other, they speak Italian with no subtitles, but you can kind of pick up on what's going on just because there's a lot of similar words in Italian to to English and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So when she says, like, assassinato catwoman, like, oh, all right, I wonder what they're talking about. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) What? (laughs) What I can't remember what it is, but there's sometimes, like, you'll get some of those movies like where, like, you'll be watching, like, Generally, it's like we're watching like an Asian movie, and you'll be watching like one of those ones with a mystery, and someone's fucking writing it up on like the whiteboard, and it's just like that's it, that's the mystery solved, that's got to be it. And there's no fucking translation for what's on the board, and you're just sitting there as like the American going, "What? Come on, would you guys find <laughs> someone out? Someone tell me. <laughs> Somebody let me in. You look at your one Asian saying, friend. But what's it say on the board? You look at your one Asian friend in the room, like, dude, I'm Filipino. Like, yeah. oh, well, I, I, we watched I, a I, Korean yeah. movie. Oh. <laughs> Isn't it kind of the same thing, you know? Kind of like uh, Italian, Spanish, you know? I mean, it's just, just saying. <laughs> the line is, it's you know, bloody. Like, like, not... like American, Canadian, it's, it's kind of the same language. <laughs> well, it's like, it, well, it's also like one of those things. Going back to the scene, it's because um, Catwoman, you know, once she leaves, the nun talks to somebody off screen, and, and like I said, it's all in Italian. And then we see she's talking to Blondie, and he says, see. Sí, Assassinero Catwoman. Like, oh, 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 that's what's going to happen. Okay, cool. And um, 
So that brings up some other things that happen. And keep in mind that we said that before that this guy was the godson to Carmine Falcone. Mm-hmm. And from there, that's where shit really hits the fan. She has another um, vision of Batman attacking her and stabbing her through the shoulder. And then the vision wears off. And we realize, okay, it's four against one right here. And it's actually Riddler, uh, Cheetah... Scarecrow and the random him, unless I, I don't think he's from the from any previous the, the, the guy he, who took Mister Freeze's gun. <laughs> yeah, he he took. Yeah, he he came in and he the, the four of them versus Catwoman, and it's been a big long ruse. And Riddler's been the mastermind the whole time, which I think. In even though I didn't entirely see it coming, it makes perfect sense. I mean. If you said to me, Riddler's the bad guy, he's... I mean, I was expecting him to screw her over at some point, but not be the mastermind. You know what I mean? I was expecting there to be some kind of, like, long grudge with Carmine Falcone or his sister or some shit, you know? Yeah, I will say, this is the only part of the book that I thought was, like... I mean, like, it makes sense. A little too obvious. It feels like a little bit of a cop-out kind of thing. Like, I I think... I like the idea of Riddler just being there is, in a sense, like, the, the friend zone comic relief. I don't think he needs to be anything else more than that. Like, he helps out... Like, and I just like the idea that, like, in a sense, like, the Riddler's only payoff is that he gets to, like, you know, see Catwoman in her underwear. I feel like that that needs to be the only payoff for him. Like, he doesn't need anything else beyond that. I think that's all it needs to be. The idea that at the very end, he's like, oh, I'm going to fuck you over so I can get the ring. Ha 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 ha! Ha 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 ha! Okay, man, Dark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I just, I felt like this, like, was once I felt like, eh, oh, okay, yeah, I mean... It's one of those ones, I felt like that would have been the, the you could have used that as sort of a red herring because you've read Batman books before, you assume that maybe he's going to do something, but I assumed he'd be in on it to some extent, or like sell them out, or mm-hmm. whatever I just thought it was a little too, like you have to ever have those things where it's so obvious where you don't expect, like, well that's too obvious, it, it, it's they're not, not yeah, they're not gonna it's that. too obvious to be there, exactly it's kind of like where, or just embrace it. To like, there's like also kind of like another kind of thing, sort of like it, but actually kind of had a twist in another way. There is um, in Hot Fuzz, um, the um, Timothy Dalton character, how it's like, oh, he is so obviously the bad guy, he can't be the bad guy. Like, oh no, he's one of ten bad guys. Oh, okay, so it's not just him; mm-hmm. it's all these other people. We've just been so focused on him. Okay, that's a clever way to do it. Yeah. Where this, it's it is just kind of like, oh, very obviously. I, I mean, it was so obvious; I, it was right in front of me. I didn't even think about it because like, they wouldn't do that. But like, oh, he <laughs> did do it. Yeah, well, that's how I sort of felt too. I was like, I mean, like it's one of those ones that he's there. I, I know that there's probably gonna be something, but it's like, no, 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 they're gonna they're gonna keep a harder twist in there. Like one of those ones, like oh shit, and that's more like that. Oh, oh, there you go. Okay. Exactly. And um, it doesn't it didn't kill it or ruin it for me. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm glad he was there in the first place. And um, it's an interesting team up. I mean, the idea of Scarecrow, Cheetah, and Riddler, and then Mr. Freeze gun, gun guy. Yeah, yeah, like rent, 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 rent a thug with a freeze gun. Yeah, um, that. And I think the whole thing with Riddler is like, oh well, he's Riddler, so he has his ways. I'm like, okay, he's got his ways, I guess. You know, <laughs> so that's how he got the gun. Like, yeah, what did he fucking have? Like, how did he get Mister Freeze's gun? That he just like, I don't know, was. You just have, like, a bunch of... Did he, like, E.T. him with, like, you know, a bunch of Reese's Pieces going into, like, a cardboard box with a stick or some shit? Well, that's what it feels like, because it's like the whole thing is that uh, Riddler, he... 
stole Joker Venom, or not, well, um, fucking, not joke. Scarecrow. Yeah, Joe, he stole, he stole Joker Venom and Scarecrow. Yeah, yeah, the first guy was, yeah, to get there. Then he got the Scarecrow and got the drugs from him so he could, you know, roofie Catwoman. He just hired Cheetah as, like, the muscle. And then he got got random guy off the he, he stole the gun and got random. I almost feel like that guy. Oh, it's like by this point, you, that guy could just be Mister Freeze. Like, why is he? <laughs> I guess I think they needed to have like some connection to the Carmine Dawkins yeah. family, and I, I think that guy had like some kind of connection to the Dawn. Like he was a son or his godson or it was something. To there, there, there's so much fam- there's, there's so much like different families and Italian names coming up that you're kind of like, oh, okay, so they're all related. They're, they're, they're like it's like when the Rock tells you everybody's their cousin, and then you kind of realize it's like, oh. That's just what all Hawaiians say. I don't. I don't <laughs> think they're legitimately all like their cousins, just because they all came from Hawaii. So you can kind of band together that way. And it's like the same way I feel like the Italian people. It's like they're all just from the same family. I guess that's just. Let's just. If you're an Italian person, a Batman book, you're going to be related to Falcone somehow. That's all I have to say. Same rules apply to Olive Garden. You're here, your family. So <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean. <laughs> But, you know, it provides a, a good battle scene, in, you know, at the kind of the end where, like, you know, you just get a cool action and whatnot. And then, of course, the boat blows up with all that, like, evidence that Catwoman thought she would have at the bottom with, like, the photos and all that kind of stuff of, like, her kind of being seen, like, who's my father, really? Like, I've always wanted well, to know. Despite how, like, fun and lighthearted this book is, that's where it drops this, like, super, like, oh fuck kind of like what the because when you see the long halloween movie in the second part and they say what they did to gilda it's not as bad as that but it's fucking mm-hmm. close because <laughs> like right here where they um that's where blondie comes in helps save her and he's all like yeah i figured you're a Catwoman by this point this and that and that's where i didn't go through with killing you the nun wants me to kill you but here's the thing about the nun the nun said she only had one child that bitch is lying yeah, she's a nun, but she's fucking lying. She actually had two children, and what they were going to do is they were going to toss the second child, because he didn't want to look weak in front of, because he had two kids right in a row, two female, two girls right in a row. He didn't want to look weak, so they were going to throw the second kid into a furnace. Like, oh, shit. Yeah. Just like, is that the first option? kid in the furnace you know i, I thought that we, there's a few before that but okay can't we just and take then, it to a fire station yeah just get the, get the shit what in the is this america exactly <laughs> maybe that's how they dispose of children in italy i don't know maybe it is maybe it's a cultural thing i don't know i didn't ask that question when i was there uh but um they're like oh so child disposal <laughs> what's the best me- i'm just curious not that i need it i just want to know child disposal what are you guys doing here you, you, you know in america the people kind of prefer the coat hanger but i see <laughs> you, you, you like the old uh just throw them into the incinerator do you guys go fire station or just straight fire which yeah. one is it <laughs> Um, but, um, so, so they just, uh, and then he says like, here's the thing. I was standing in the room the whole time when that conversation happened. And that's where, um, was the mother or someone, the mother, I believe, talked the bodyguard into taking the child to America and dropping him off at an adoption agency. So, and that's just kind of a funny thing. Like, oh yeah, we just got like this, you know, like seven-year-old blonde Italian boy hanging out in our basement and we just have to be walking by with a child we we're going to throw in there. He likes to play next to the furnace. <laughs> he, he saw Home Alone at a young age and he was kind of scared of the, the furnace like 
Kevin. So he's like, you know what? I got to embrace my fears and go against the furnace. And that, that day happened to be the day that we were going to go throw a child into the furnace. <laughs> Shit, he was right to, to fear the fucking furnace. <laughs> but in that moment, which, which is also kind of weird because, like, then Selena goes to have, like, she's like, oh, I'm going to go have a affair with Blondie for a couple weeks. But then it's almost like, you guys are almost, like, related. I mean, like, I mean, it's, like, super far off. I mean, I know it's like he's only, like, the godfather or whatever like that, but still seems a little close, I mean, in just a weird way. Maybe I'm just fucked in the head, but that didn't even cross my mind until you just brought it up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not... I guess it's kind of like, I guess it's like a step, I guess it's, it's like... not the same thing, like a stepson, date, like, dating stepdaughter. Like, there's no blood there, but parents, like, it's like, did you ever see, oh, God, it's like, what is it? I forgot what the movie's called. I think it might be with Freddie Prince Jr. I don't remember the guy, but the girl is from Carissa Explains It All. And like they're they're the the, the 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 boy and the girl are about to hook up, but their parents are already hooking up and they find that out at the end. Like, well while you guys do that in your room, we're gonna go to the treehouse and talk about it over there. Just like so it's just a family of moms of like of brother and sister fucking, okay. Just keep it in the family. It's just like clueless. <laughs> that, like that's the same way that, that movie ends and you're like Wait a second, she's hooking up with her brother? That movie probably had to like take a, I don't I know, know that, when it came how many years later it came out, but I think it came after Clueless. They're like, you know what? We know what the we know what the with the with the with the Gen X kids want, all right? <laughs> they want to be fucking their sisters, okay? They want to be fucking sisters and fucking brothers. Get it at the end of the movie. Yeah, exactly. One of those ones like that. So that's like, huh. That's kind of weird. You know, Jeff Loeb I fucking watch that, that movie no. in theaters and all I think is like it's like, huh, that must be what rich people do in LA. <laughs> now he's ant-man <laughs> yeah exactly but uh so i mean i guess if it's just you know whatever happens in rome stays in rome kind of thing maybe it's one of those things well she has this thing like okay well i gotta go talk to my boss and let her know what happened and then she's like you failed me child you <laughs> failed me and then that's where it's like he's the like, episode he just of ex- south park with fucking like uh, i almost said butters <laughs> but uh, with a uh, pip's very own episode yeah, the, the, the great expectations like i did have great expectations for you <laughs> but you thwarted them in disappointment <laughs> he's, he's just like willing to take it like yeah i did all right i'm gonna get shot now and then like Selena has a you know, I'll be honest I thought I was the one to break his heart but he broke mine but so is life so long Rome and then like you know has a, like a flashback of him briefly just laying in a pool of his own blood with this fuck <laughs> kind of look on his face well the last two weeks were pretty fucking sweet though and right before Catwoman decides to get into her like cab before she heads out that's where Riddler comes <laughs> in puts, in a very public manner puts a knife to her neck like in a very public manner, they're like, and "Oh, he, don't worry, it's just two Gotham Knights." Yeah, it's what they say either. <laughs> exactly. And then she gives him the ring, and then you know he's on like he's on the plane, just like surrounded, like just super, like oh, just so happy he has the ring. He takes the ring out, the little gas comes out. Everybody around him turns into the Joker, and he's forgiven. And they mention at some point, like. Oh, you think you have to be worried about me? Think what the Joker's gonna do once he finds you for stealing his venom. You know, that's his that's that's his most pride and joy, is he, his Joker venom. He literally has a copyright on it, patent pending. Exactly. <laughs> so then he just sees everybody on the fucking on the on the um uh the plane is is Joker and then it, it, she See, that says, makes me wonder because you look at this splash page here. 
is do you think Riddler has found a way to become sort of immune to it, and now everybody else is infected along with him, or is he just hallucinating? He they they say like in a page or two later that he's hallucinating. No, oh, okay. that that is a mock-up ring. And it, the, when it's pulled, it sends yeah, out well, I, like some I know it re- scarecrow toxin. Yeah, it releases that, but it almost gives me like I, I feel like that could be two ways. Because that's almost would be even scarier as if it infected everybody on the plane, and now you're like, oh shit, I'm the only guy who's like normal, and he has to like find a way to land that plane back down. I don't think Catwoman would sacrifice a bunch of people on a plane just to fuck with somebody else. Uh, maybe Catwoman in the '40s or something or the '50s. But modern day Catwoman, she just wants the dick be. with uh, Edward. Yeah, and well, plus she said that it was it was just it was scarecrow toxin. Oh yeah, scarecrow there. toxin. For some reason, I was thinking it was uh, Joker venom. My bad. Yeah, he he used Joker venom, so that's why he's kind of on the run from Joker. Yeah, so, his so that that's his fear now is that Joker's going to come by and fucking gangbang him on a plane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so and there she lands back in Gotham and business as usual, and then like oh yeah, then I think it's kind of a rehash of the scene. I think I'm not sure if she had this. The scene was actually in the original Long Halloween or Dark Victory, but I want to say she talks to his grave for a minute. But I don't remember if it's this exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those ones. But yeah, I, I think it might be a little bit more of an extended cut and whatnot, and how he kind of comes back. But uh, but yeah, no. Overall, this book I thought was still pretty solid the whole way through it's just a good fun like you know kind of batman alternative book or it's catwoman catwoman's like whoa whoa, whoa my, whose fucking name's on the cover be like yeah but you know batman copyright well it's also not to be a dick and not that i don't enjoy catwoman but i'll be 100 percent honest um if it was batman's name on the book first i probably would have picked it up a little sooner you know <laughs> That said, I really enjoyed the book, and I uh, I wouldn't mind because I'm just more of a physical copy kind of guy when it comes to comics. And mm-hmm. if I can find it for like you know thirty bucks or something, I'd love to own the physical copy of this book. But yeah, um, yeah. no, it, it would be a good one to have for like the collection of all kind of things. Like it's definitely one of those ones I could see like once you get into like, hey, I'm gonna go on in the sense like the Jeff Loeb Tim Sale marathon. Like you would totally throw this like it's like if I'm gonna read Long Halloween, I'm gonna go into Dark Victory. I could just go into Catwoman next. And, like you know, it all kind of go. I have Haunted Night to finish it all off. Have you ever read uh, Challengers of the Unknown? No. That one's really good. Is I've that never Jeff Loeb the... and Tim Sale doing that one? That's that's them pre like Batman, Superman, all that. Yeah. Um. It's them basically kind of, how do I put it? It's kind of like that very of the moment kind of like, we're going to do kind of like, here's some superheroes that don't get a lot of attention and we're acknowledging them now in the 90s. So it has that kind of very now of the moment kind of reflecting back on like the heyday in the 40s and 50s. And it's it's really good. I really enjoy it. There was a little bit of like kind of... um, um, What's the word I'm looking for here? Um, I, I don't really know the characters. I know that they're kind of... I don't know if they're a ripoff of the Fantastic Four or if the Fantastic Four ripped them off, but they're kind of around that time period, around that era, so there's mm-hmm. a lot of things about them I don't know, so I was kind of learning as I was reading, but I appreciate it. It's kind of like the whole thing of like... Um, kind of like Mr. Miracle. Kind of like what, mm-hmm. the, what the Tom King Mr. Miracle book is, where it's like acknowledging stuff of the past but then telling a much more modern story you know? oh yeah well that's what's cool that'd be just neat to see that book in general just for the fact that any more kind of like Jeff Loeb Tim Sale you can kind of get you know 
It's like it's like so many kind of great team ups in life. There's only there's only so many of them, and it's almost like it's too bad that there's not more. Yeah, I, well, I, I Tim Sale, I see him hardly ever. I mean, I know he does covers and stuff, but I was looking up his bibliography today on Wikipedia, and he doesn't really. He as far as it, maybe unless Wikipedia is behind, I don't know, but I haven't seen him do a lot of drawing on stuff lately. Just covers and random one shots here and there. What? Well, I- I hate to kind of say, I think it's like when you get to a certain point and you're kind of established and the money kind of comes in, it's like, I think they just stick to doing covers because covers is kind of like, I got to do a fun drawing, but I'm not committed to doing a full book. You know, it's it's the same way, or it's like kind of the same way that like Brian Lee, yeah, and Brian Lee O'Malley doesn't draw anymore. I mean, he does like, you know, little sketches, but it's like the the blast books he has done, he hasn't done. I feel like it's, yeah, you just get to a certain point that once the money kind of comes in, like, I, I don't need to go out and fucking draw 120 pages. You know what I mean? I can just draw a cover, you know? I mean, even Frank Miller was kind of like that, too, except for, then he did start drawing again, too, which was kind of nice, but because he would mm-hmm. do those, like, no. mini issues in between on the last Dark Knight book. Yeah, no, and I get it. I totally get it. I, um, I... He probably, I mean, he probably still draws. He just probably doesn't put out that many because you know that's a big commitment right there. And yeah. Who knows? You know, maybe after doing it for so long, get arthritis or something. Who knows? I'm not saying that's what he has. But no. Well, it, I think it's just more. It's more like a, once uh, life's kind of like cozy. It's like it's almost like I think a lot of people just like once ones like because you know doing the covers. I think that, that that's like the fun. That's like the easy fun stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You just get to pick like whatever drawing you want to do. You just make it, you know, that that's all people want. They just want you to do some cool, you know, scene. You don't have to generally even have to draw backgrounds because it's a cover and all that kind of stuff. So I feel people kind of fall into that trap that it's, it's, it's like the easy work. And you, the worst part, too, is he probably gets paid the same amount to do a cover that he would would have got paid to do, like, a full issue. I can see that, too. So I, mean, it, now, it, I bet it, now he's probably a guy who's in high demand. He only probably wants to work with certain people. Yeah. But it's still, at the end of the day, it's like, I feel like, doesn't matter how old you are. It's like it's like the Rolling Stones. We still want to see you live. You know what I mean? Like that, that that's what it is. <laughs> you know, still want to see you, you making albums and so on. And I feel like that's the same way with like artists and writers. And so, well, writers mostly never stop. But uh, same with artists. It's just like it, it's it's kind of like a like a Jim Lee one too. It's like you know you you rarely get Jim Lee, but it's like one of those ones. Like if a Jim Lee book does come out, I mean, who doesn't go out and buy it? He'll do a panel or something. He'll do like a cover or an illustration or something here and there. Maybe yeah. like once in a while. The last Jim Lee like actual like series, not like he did a one shot or like a or part of like an anthology. Like the last Jim Lee. Or he does the thing, bait and switch I, when he does like the first issue, and then next thing you know, it's like, wait, that's not Jim Lee's artwork. This is the second one. Who the fuck's this guy? Oh, I'm a really good artist too. You're not fucking Jim Lee. That's what I bought the book for. I mean, I guess it gets more expensive to have those people on, but that's the thing. Like, one of the biggest flaws, I think, of New 52 was it's like, I mean, you had Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo for Batman. I mean, maybe somebody else would step in and write or draw for, like, an issue or two, but majority of the time, it was them for almost 10 years. Yeah. Uh, where you open up on um, you open up on Justice League and, like, got Jim Lee and Jeff Johns. Like, fuck yeah. Like, only for the first graphic novel and then one or two issues into the second one like oh people who are buying this fucking read through that <laughs> you know it's not like i mean i know your average like comic book reader they're trying to get people on and just get on with like jeff jeff johns and jim lee just trying to get them on get them on, get them on get that them shit like just just to get them on that shit right there no but like um 
that right there, I mean, like you and me, we I mean, I know that, I mean, I, th I don't think the average person is going to go past volume one, really. They'll, they'll read volume one if they do read a volume, if they don't read comics already. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, that was fun. Maybe I'll check out volume two. Maybe. But people who do, it's just like, what? You took Jeff, Jim Lee or Je Jim Lee and Je Jeff Johns off? What the fuck? You know, not saying the people after that are going to suck, but it's also just that marketing tactic they do. Like, people see through this shit, dude. This is the reason why so many comics fuck, you know, and then, like, suddenly the voice sounds drastically different or whatever, you know? Yeah, Zach. Well, it's the same way that it always bothers me when, like, uh, they have, um, in a sense, a famous artist do, like, the cover, and then, but then you open up, you're like, that's not the fucking art, and then, then you see the rest of it, like, that, that to me is the, I, I hate when the cover art is different, it's, it's, it's one thing if it's a variant, special edition, whatever, but the standard cover has to be the artist on the inside, I feel like you, you, you're almost, like, lying to me if you have, like, somebody else do the, the cover, because I, I, the I remember it was like this was back in the day, but when there was those Frank Miller Jurassic Park ones, you're like, oh shit, fucking Frank Miller's doing Jurassic Park. You're like, oh, and then you get, you're like, oh, he's just doing the cover. And it's not that the Jurassic Park books aren't good, but like, boy, was that just, once you realize it's not Frank Miller, it was like such a letdown when you got inside. No, I can definitely see that. Well, then it's also like, um, what was the other example I was about to make? Um, the, um, uh, um, sorry, it's late. Um, Something. Oh, when when variant. when the when the when the cover with the variant, thank you. When the variant has nothing to do, or like I don't know, any cover has nothing to do what's actually going on in the book. Yeah, like that's another thing that always annoys me. You know, I mean, granted, I buy them in graphic novels, but I can see how that'd be misleading. You know? Yeah. Well, you still see the co even in the covers on the graphic novels, or you still exactly. see the covers on the inside of the graphic novels, like know. in the back. So that's I already bought the book by them. But I'm talking about people who like see it, like, oh man, that looks awesome. Like, oh, this shit doesn't even fucking happen. You know? Well, that's I love those old like like the this si character's not even in it. The 60s, 70s covers where like it literally is almost like it's like a panel almost out of like the the inside where it's even got the word balloons and everything. I know some people say that's like cheesy. No, I'm like I love that. I think that's awesome. I need to put it back up, but I had a poster of the um, of the Green Arrow, traveling Green heroes. Lantern, Traveling Heroes. Like, like, like you have the answer to everything, Green Arrow. What do you say to that? Like, my word is a junkie! And it has, like, Speedy all hunched over with the fixing... I've, I've, I have a poster of that, and I've been meaning to hang it back up, but goddamn, like, I... I... I love that cover. What can it's, I say? It's like one of the best covers ever. Substance abuse is nothing to laugh about. I'm sorry, that one is. That, that one's hilarious. Because <laughs> the name's Speedy to top it off. Would be even better <laughs> is if you open that issue up and he goes in, and then Speedy's like, hey guys, let's fucking try this out. And they decide to all try it out, and it just becomes like this almost like fucking like heavy metal vision that goes on for like a whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> and at the very end, they're, they're like, well, that was kind of weird and fucking cool, but, uh, Let's let's all pat you know band together to let's never do drugs again, guys. <laughs> That's just how it is. That total GI Joe, like <laughs> hand the on the shoulder, all know. laughing. Speedy, get your hand off my dick. <laughs> We're not high no more. <laughs> that, that that was funny, you know, for the last six hours, but not not anymore. <laughs> Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams, they had a uh, they had an interesting weekend when they came up with that premise. Exactly. They but. said it was a work. They said it was a work retreat, but yeah, you can call it what you want. <laughs> you can call it what you want. When you see a bunch of guys rolling the floor with their hands on each other's dick, it's uh. uh... <laughs> and the one first one to come is gay. First one to come is gay. And then the one letter guy over the corner who said he wasn't going to touch any of it. 
guys, let's get back to work. When you said when you said we were gonna rent this cabin to work out the next issue, I didn't know. <laughs> I'm gonna be in the other room. Are oh, you fucking pussy? Get him, get him, force feed him chili. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, good stuff there, but um, but yeah. You know what I was thinking though this whole time, but and then we'll kind of end this up is uh, we never did fucking uh, Dark Victory, I think, on the podcast. No, I guess we didn't. I mean, we covered Long Halloween, but we covered the movie, and we just kind of compared the two. I know. But, it, um, it feels bad that we didn't do Long Halloween at some point, too, as far as the book goes. It's a long-ass book. It's like I think it's like 12 issues. But yeah. Dark Victory, we could. I mean, more or less. Don't get me wrong. Dark Victory's great. It's more or less the same book, because mm-hmm. it is kind of like based on... I don't know if it's... I don't remember if it's holidays, but it is something similar and it's just kind of continuing and putting a bow on the story and then Robin is introduced within it and it's kind of like Harvey Dent going from being kind of like I did what I had to to becoming two-faced the villain so um I think we could do that one down the line or we probably should read up on Long Halloween just for good measure because I know yeah, we, we, things we, different we could even just do the big fat version where we just do Long Halloween and Dark Victory in one one ginormous episode. You know what? I think I might be... I think we may have something wrong here for a while. I think Haunted Night... The whole time I thought Haunted Night was just a little like bonus story that came out after. I think Haunted Night came out first. Is that the very first one? I think it might be. Because I want to say I was looking at different... Um, I was looking at the bibliography on of Tim Sale. And I want to say that came out before... Um, before Long Halloween, so I might be wrong there, but because I always thought I was that like, was like like sort of like the bonus stories or something like that, like almost even if they. Oh no! Maybe you're right. kind of no, is. no, no. You're right. It it is before Long Halloween. Yeah, that that kind of my, it kind of shocked my whole like system, like my whole system of beliefs. I was like, holy shit, this whole time I thought that was the last one, but it's the first one. I had like... Yeah, my entire life I always referred that as the, that was the, in a sense the third one before I would have said this Catwoman one. This but, is uh, them revving up. That's that's them getting like getting a feel for Batman before they go, okay, now we're going to alter the history. Yeah, well that'd be a fun one to do too. Maybe, maybe, maybe we just gotta do it. Maybe after the Batman movie we gotta do some more Batman with, uh, why not? Just get into a Batman mood. I feel it's like one of those ones. Because it's like, I felt like I haven't read a, ba- a Batman Batman book in a while, and just even reading this Catwoman one, I love a Catwoman just be like, dude, it's a fucking Catwoman book. And you keep just bringing it back to Batman every fight. Well, like, yeah, but you brought him into every single issue. Well, good fucking point. <laughs> True, I did. <laughs> you know, but it, it's almost like kind of put me in this, like, man, I gotta get some more Batman going in life. It's just, yeah, it's just not the, it's just not the same if, like, every week doesn't have some form of Batman in it. Yeah. I, uh, well, I just bought the new, um, J- James Tinian the fourth about his new graphic novel. Any chance to read it yet? But yeah. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. So that's the only series I've been consistent on since I started reading comics. Since first reading Hush, first Batman comic I bought, and then since then, I mean, I, I, there's ones between because there's a point where they didn't label them. But since basically then on, basically Batman's the one I've been consistent about. So yeah. Well, that's that's always the one. Like at the end of the day, you can never go around with just Batman. <laughs> But um, but yeah. Till then, go to oldmanorange.com where you find more podcasts, comic books like Pizza Boys, and all other kind of fun stuff out there. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes, and I'm Ryan Dunningham, and we'll see you some other time. Later, folks. <laughs> <laughs>